a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah Health. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Time to chat with one of our favorites out there. Nobody covers the Pac-12 any better than John Wilner from the Mercury News with the Pac-12 hotline. And let's get right to it, John. Um, if if uh, if the Pac-12 was a patient right now in a hospital, what kind of odds do you give them to uh, making it out of that hospital? Uh-huh. I mean, I still think that, uh, you know, in that regard, nothing's changed. The most likely outcome from all of this is that the Pac-12 is going to survive uh, as a 10 or maybe 12-team conference and uh, sign a new media contract and takes it through the rest of the decade. Uh, you know, I think that's always been the, the best bet. And, uh, you know, it is realignment. There's no nothing guaranteed until the schools sign their contracts. But uh, I do think survival is, is uh, a better bet than extinction. In terms of the greatest threats to the Pac-12, list them in order as they kind of come to you. You know, I, I guess the greatest, if you're trying to figure out, well, what's the scenario that the conference doesn't survive, it's that the commissioner cannot cobble together a media rights deal that is satisfactory to the schools, um, you know, and then they start looking elsewhere, and some of them end up in the Big 12, and some of them end up in the Big 10. I I don't think that's going to happen, and and there's a big difference between the schools being disappointed in the media rights deal and the schools being so disappointed that they change conferences. That's a huge step, and one that is, you know, kind of getting lost in a lot of the, the speculation on social media and, in, and in, you know, media reports, right? The commissioner could bring a deal that everybody kind of gets, oh, boy, that's not very good. 
but that doesn't mean they're going to leave because there's a lot of reasons from an institutional standpoint for the schools to, to stay where they are. I mean, a lot of them just don't fit in the Big 12, you know, for a bunch of reasons. So, in your opinion, what's the magic number? Does it need to be $1 more than what the Big 12 got? What's the number where people in the Pac-12 say, okay, we're, we're good, that, that, that works for us? Yeah, I don't know if there's a magic number. You know, the Big 12 is getting $31.7 million per school. Uh, the, the Pac-12 isn't making as much money on its media deal now as the Big 12 is. Uh, so I don't think it's got to beat the Big 12. I think it's got to be in, in some kind of reasonable range. You know, uh, high 20s, you know, would certainly probably be satisfactory. To, and it depends, too, on what the, you know, the visibility component is. How many games are going to be on ESPN? Specifically, how many games are on linear television, you know, cable and broadcast? How many are on streaming? Uh, you know, there's there's a devil in the detail that I think is going to be important to schools. So it's not just about the dollar figure. Uh, and I don't think they've got to you know, beat the Big 12, and I don't know that they will. I, I've been skeptical all along that the Pac-12 would get the, the same number as the Big 12. Uh, and, you know, if it's a couple million, nobody's going to leave the conference over a couple million dollars. Heck, you gotta, you're going to join the Big 12, you got to pay a couple million in travel costs alone. Yeah, or more. I got to imagine that that's a huge increase in cost, in, uh, percentages increase in cost to join that conference and and boost the travel. Um, for our listeners, John, help them understand what an Apple TV contract would look like in terms of being able to consume the product. Well, I mean, certainly Apple is one of the options, you know, and there's a bunch of options. I think that uh, Amazon's an option, uh, ESPN, uh, the ESPN Network's an option, and there could be, you know, an, an unknown out there. I think that there's a decent chance that the Pac-12's got something cooking that nobody's really thought of or reported. Um, and if they, even if they do sign with Apple, you know, it doesn't mean all of the content's going to be on Apple. It, Apple can sub-license games to ESPN or another entity to make sure the Pac-12 has a presence on, you know, cable TV. So there's a lot of ways it could go if they did do a deal with Apple um, or if Apple was part of a, a larger deal. But, you know, basically, if you've got an iPhone, you can download the app. You know, uh, every Pac-12 game would be on, on your, available on your iPhone. I mean, it's pretty simple. Uh, or you get, you know, Apple TV on your big screen. You, you get the app for, for that, just like you would for, you know, Prime Video or, or ESPN Plus. You know, I mean, one thing that people aren't, you know, I think is lost on some people is ESPN Plus is also a streaming product, just like Apple TV and Amazon Prime Video. You know, you go on your TV and you got to click into the, the app. It's not part of your your bundle of stations like ESPN is and Apple TV has got basically the same number of subscribers, maybe more than ESPN plus. So, you know, we'll, we'll see, but that's that, you know, even if the Pac-12 gets a bunch of games on ESPN plus, that's still streaming. John Wilner uh, joining us right here on 97.5, the KSL sports zone. So is, should our opinion of George Kalafkov, does that need to be, 
I mean, granted, I, there's a lot of things that go into being a, a commissioner, and I understand that. But it seems like this media deal seems like it's setting the tone for the overall, you know, vote of confidence from Pac-12 fans on whether they think he's getting the job done or not. And that's probably not fair. But with that said, should any opinions about him be held off until this thing is announced? Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Well, I mean, I think it is fair that he's ultimately judged on on what happens here, right? I mean, that is the number one thing for a commissioner, and the number one reason he was hired was was uh, because of the the media rights piece. I don't know that when he was hired, anybody thought USC and UCLA were leaving the conference, but this is a huge piece of of what he how he's going to be judged. But I also think you got to wait to see what happens, right? I mean, you can't yeah. come to any conclusions now. They can absolutely, you know, I think it's going to be resolved in the next. Months by the end of March, for sure. You know, I don't, there could be a, a situation where you know they agree in principle to a deal, but then it takes a few weeks to get eyes dotted and the T's crossed and all that kind of thing. But I think by by mid to late March, we'll know, and and at that point, you know, I think fans should render judgment. And if it's a bad deal, and then that should be part of how you critique the commissioner. John, where are we sitting with UCLA? Is it all said and done? Is it wrapped up? They're already out the door? December 14th, the UC Reasons voted to let them go. So it is all done. Uh, they start in the Big 12 along with USC, a Big 10, uh, on, I think it's August 2nd, 2024. Hey, we're going to... Uh we're going to try to get a better connection. We're losing you quite a bit on that over the last minute or so. So uh, Lloyd's going to dial you back up and see if we can find a better connection for you. Uh, John Wilner, Mercury News, uh, Pac-12 Hotline, does a tremendous job, as always, covering the conference. And it's, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I wanted to talk a little bit about Brett Yormark, and I know he hopped on the podcast with he and uh, um, Gonzano, and they did a tremendous conversation there. Really interesting because right now it feels like, and and again, I'm not sure if this is fair or not, but it feels like Brett Yormark is kind of, you know, out positioning the Big Twelve ahead of the Pac-12. And I and again, I'm you know as I mentioned with with John, I'm I'm holding off any kind of opinion on George Glavkov until we actually see what this media deal looks like, but. Uh, uh, John Wilner's joining us again, and I listened to your podcast that you do with uh, John Canzano from the uh, uh, on, on uh, with Brett Yormark, and I thought it was a really fantastic conversation. Right now, it feels like Yormark stacking a lot of wins right now, and the Big Twelve stacking some wins above the Pac twelve. Is that is that fair to say, or are we judging things a little too early? 
think he is stacking wins, uh, and he's done a really good job. But also, I think he had, you know, at, at, in the case of Oklahoma and Texas, right? He he had that set up for him, right? Because they already decided they were leaving, so he had to negotiate an exit strategy. The conference already exp- they already lost Oklahoma and Texas and expanded, so he was ba- he's basically coming in further along in the in the process than than Klierkoff did, right? Klierkoff came in and then lost two schools. And you can debate whether he should have had his finger on the pulse of what was going on in L.A. a little bit better. But, uh, you know, I think that it's not quite apples to apples. However, it's clear your mark has done a good job with what the Big 12 wanted him to do. And we'll see what the Pac-12's media deal is. It could be that it's a bad deal. And uh, that would be another check in your mock uh, ledger. So, John, I see that you and, and Gonzano and, and others continue to uh, update everybody on different games that are being dropped in from different conferences. Is there much to read into some of these games that are being canceled from maybe the Big Ten across to the Pac-12? Is there much to read into some of those cancellations? Well, yeah, the big thing recently was was Ohio State canceled a home-and-home series with Washington. And it had to do with the fact that the Buckeyes are going to probably be making a trip to L.A. for a conference game. And they didn't want to come out to the West Coast twice. And I think that that could be an issue for the Pac-12. Um, there's, you know, there's ways around it. You can play neutral site games. Uh, once the Big Ten's deal, uh, schedule is set, everybody will know when they have to make West Coast trips. And you could probably fit some games in there, but it's certainly going to be an issue, uh, I think, for the Pac-12 uh, in terms of getting teams, you know, Michigan and Ohio State, to name two, to come out west for non-conference games when they know they've got to come out for league games. Is uh, is San Diego State all but done? I mean, how shocked would you if they do not get an invite to the Pac-12 at this point? You know, I'm not convinced the Pac-12 is going to expand. Uh, I do think if, if the Pac-12 does oh, okay. expand, San Diego State is guaranteed, pretty much guaranteed, and SMU, I would think those are the those are the two, right? But I don't know that it's a done deal that they are. Uh, you know, it's closer to 50-50 in my mind, and part of it will depend on what the media contracts are, because if if there's, you know, if, if extra, if, if they're not going to get more money, uh from those two schools joining the league, they may not they may not expand, right? The reason to I think the reason to expand from a valuation standpoint, right, is because you can play more games. If you have a twelve team league, you can play like thirteen to fifteen more games than if you've got a ten team league. And those thirteen to fifteen games could have value for your media partners, right? I mean five million bucks a game, whatever it is, that's real money. But if somehow the Pac twelve determines that adding those two schools isn't going to really add add to the value of their football inventory. They may not they may not expand. With USC and UCLA leaving a big showpiece of the Pac-12, I thought it was a, a really great get for Colorado to come in with Deion Sanders. It feels like it's created some noise, some interest. How important is Deion Sanders and his ability to have success at Colorado? to the potential existence of the Pac-12? You know, I don't know that 
he his presence in Boulder is going to have a material difference on the kind of media contract that the Pac-12 signs, right? I mean, ESPN or Amazon or Apple, they're not going to say, well, we're going to give you X millions more because Dion is in Boulder. But it adds to the overall momentum of the conference, the overall watchability of the conference. And longer term, it could certainly help, right? If he gets Colorado uh, rolling at a high level, you know, that's potentially uh, another big TV draw, uh, another big crowd, you know, uh, drawing uh, to selling tickets across the league, another team in the, in the top 25 rankings. So there's a lot of indirect value to the whole conference if, if Sanders does well. I don't know that it's going to have a material impact on the negotiations that are going on right now. John, we appreciate your time. Thanks for hanging in there with us, um, and uh, look forward to catching up again here very soon. Thanks so much, John. Thanks, Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. You got it. John Wilner, um, one of the best when it comes to covering the Pac-12. He's got a podcast with John Canzano, um, and he also for the uh, writes the Pac-12 hotline for the, Merc- or the uh, yeah, Mercury News. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.